0: Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that we can come together. Lord, we've come together here day by day, looking at principles you have taught us through your word, and uh, that we may not be deceived by what's out there. Lord, guide us once again by your spirit, that we may understand the principles that are laid out, that we may see your truth as compared to the error that is out there, and that we may hear your voice. We thank you once again, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Exit the Dragon. This is our last day here from our five part uh, session or series Spiritual Dangers of the Martial Arts. Thank you. And uh, that's me there, Bayani Pastrana. If you want uh, my info, um, exit the dragon7 at gmail.com. That will alert me that the topic is automatically going to be about martial arts. Uh, if it's not about martial arts, um, you'll have to. Well, you can. You can email me there, but email me my other six other emails if you want. But this this one should do. If You have questions, comments, testimonies. I would love to hear testimonies. If there's something you learned, okay, send me a you know send me a message. Let me know what what you learned, uh, what things that you didn't know, and so forth. And uh, if you want, send me a picture too. You may end up in my. Uh, Next series, okay. I'm gonna have to put a part six or something with just, you know, testimonies or something. And I am planning to put a book out that Remnant Publications wants to publish. And uh I tried to do it before camp meeting, but I get too busy. So if you drop me a line, I'll let you know when it's out. And um, also the website, I do have a website, um, but it is not up and running. Right now, there's nothing there pretty much except the title and my name and some, some of my notes, okay? So just drop me a line and uh, I'll be able to check it out. I'll actually be able to check it out after this, this session because um, I have a little bit off until we're back at it tomorrow because I'll be out uh, roaming around making sure you guys are safe. Today, um, we're looking at a message called Fighting... A good fight. Uh yeah, we got room. Fighting a good fight. So we won't close it all the way. Just yeah, just so we can have a little bit of just a little bit of air. Fighting a good fight. We're gonna backtrack a little bit and look at what we talked about during the week. Because we find that God has truth, but the devil has a what? He's got a counterfeit for everything. I mean everything. Okay? So, here, the first day, Monday, we talked about the personal God. Aren't you uh, glad that God is a personal God? We can call Him our Father, and He is there with us. He's always wanted to be with us. That's why he told Moses, have them build me a sanctuary that I may dwell with them. Okay, Exodus 25, 8. And then we see that he came incarnate. He came in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, verse 14. Later on, you go to Revelation 21. You find that God is going to bring the city down that he may dwell with us and us with him. Isn't that wonderful? The problem has never been, does God want to be with us? Question is, the, the issue has always been, do we want to be with Him? You see, if you don't want to be with God here now, in this life, then there won't be much of a heaven for you, okay? Because you're not going to be number one. People are, are self-centered and so forth. Heaven's not going to be about self. It's all going to be about God and His glory, and all the universe is going to be worshiping Him. So guess what? It's not going to be much of a heaven for someone who is not converted. Okay? But we found that the counterfeit to this is through the Eastern arts, where it's actually just a universal energy. Okay? So instead of a personal God, you have what is known as the the Tao, the universal energy, or the... Again, in, in the movie Star Wars, they called it the what? Force. The force. And we talked about that, uh, that universal energy is the balance of light and dark. Okay? That's why, for example, in, in the movie Star Wars, that's where they get that principle from. George Lucas got that principle from that whole concept. That good and evil coincide. That's why when you have the force, there's only one force. But there's a dark side of the force and a light side of the force. First John 1.5, though, tells us that God is light and in Him is no darkness. Okay? So that is the difference between what the Bible teaches about God versus the counterfeit, what the Eastern arts teach us. Okay? We also looked at the truth of biblical meditation. Should a Christian meditate? Yes, Yes, we talked about this. The problem with the word meditate is it is a contronym. Remember that? Okay, you have antonyms, synonyms, homonyms. You learned that in English. And if you were with us that second day, you learned about contronyms, which you don't learn in English class, but you learned it in this class. And what is a contronym? It's a word that what? Exactly. It has two meanings that are opposite to each other. For example, if I was to dust this table to make it clean, what am I doing to the dust? Removing it. So to dust is to remove. Wait a minute now. What if I was to dust the table for fingerprints? What do I do? I add dust. So, is to dust to remove dust or is to dust to add dust? It's a contronym. It's the same word used two opposite ways, two opposite meanings. Meditation is a, is a contronym as well. The Bible, you read the Psalms, it talks about meditating upon God's law, meditate upon Him, meditate upon His precepts meditate upon His mercy, etc. So we're thinking about God's law, we're thinking about God. In the Bible, when it says to meditate on His law, it's not saying forget about it, get it out of your mind. That's not what it's saying. It's saying get it in your mind and think about it. But the contronym, okay, or the contra of it, the opposite of it, is Eastern meditation? Meditation still the same word, but instead of filling the mind, it's what, emptying, emptying the mind. Totally different, you know, different uh, um, meaning behind the same word. Okay, and I've shared with you, and again, we're just summarizing here, giving little snippets. This is when you try and uh, empty out the mind. For those of you that were with us throughout the week, you remember I had mentioned the man I, uh, that uh, I was training under, he told me one time, he says, be careful when you meditate too deep because when you do, that is when you will leave your body. And when you come back, that is when your body may be occupied by someone else. And it is then that you would have to fight for it back. Now, they call that astral projection. The Bible calls it demon possession. Okay, totally different. One is you fill the mind. The other one is you empty the mind. Okay, and they, they, they do this. Why? Because they want to have that peace. Okay, but the peace we get as Christians is by Knowing what God has done for us, knowing His law, knowing Him, that's how we have peace. By knowing God. Not by getting rid of things in our mind. Okay? So that's the counterfeit. And then we, the next day we talked about having a mind of Christ. He said that He is meek and lowly. When He was reviled, He reviled not. The counterfeit is having a combative mind. Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was the mind of Christ. He humbled himself. He thought it not robbery to be called equal with God, but he humbled himself and became or came in the form of a servant. Combative mind is the counterfeit in that in combative mind, you do not see that person that you need to seek and save. That person is is one that you need to seek and destroy. You do not see that person as a person. You have to dehumanize that person. They need to become an object that you destroy. Okay? So combative mind is in contrast to the mind of Christ. And by the way, uh, I'm just summarizing. So some of you, this may be raising more questions than answers, um, but... They are recording it. Do I have, okay, I do have it on. Okay, they are recording it, uh, so you can go get it, and I think they could try and get it, made even available all of them before you even uh, before camp meeting is even done. Okay, so they're pretty good at AV. They get things done right away and and have it ready. So next we have. We talked about this yesterday. We have the Holy Spirit. Okay, and you remember. The Holy Spirit remember Samson okay when he slew a thousand men, it says that the Spirit came upon him, okay then he slew those people understand that that the Holy Spirit can come upon us and give us um, like Tony Ludwig's prayer, Lord, give me what Samson. Samson's strength, okay or some of you may not feel comfortable about maybe hitting somebody or needing that strength. So you may pray a different prayer. You may say, Lord, give me Elijah speed. <laughs> right? Okay? So the guy comes and, and he wants to grab you or wants to hit you. All of a sudden, you, you turn around so quick and you're darting uh, faster than Hossein uh, Bolt. <laughs> okay? And you're, you're out of there. Why? Because the Lord... His Spirit comes, up, comes upon you, and all of a sudden you have Elijah speed. Okay? You understand? Yeah. If you don't, that means you weren't here yesterday. <laughs> okay? But that is what the Holy Spirit can give us. However, God can also send His angels. We talked about this, one story I gave, um, that an angel was sent to protect. Okay? Who here believes that angels exist? Yes? All right, they do. I know they do. I have have had a couple experiences where I know angels were involved in saving my life. I won't get into it today. I also know fallen angels exist. Okay? Because I have had experience. Three of them I can name off for sure. Okay? Because what happened is each time individuals they changed, their visage changed, they were no longer the same person, three different times. So I know fallen angels exist as well, but the Holy Spirit, God, can send us an angel to protect us, but the opposite or the counterfeit to this is chi, that internal energy that martial artists try to develop and enhance so they may have greater strength. That they may have greater stamina, okay? And uh, and endurance, and resilience, okay? And speed, thank you. But even then, you don't need it, because when you need it, who's going to give it to you? Holy Spirit can give you speed, right? Where you would pray, Lord, give me what? Elijah, speed. Don't forget those, (laughs) okay? So... We find that there are counterfeits to these, to what the truth is. And you can argue all you want about some benefits that you may find. But understand, the devil will not give you 100% error. Are you with me? Okay. It's too obvious. He's got to mask it in, 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 you know, in truth. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Sunday sacredness and using Sunday as a time for your family and, and going to church, are there benefits to that? Yes or no? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. But is that the truth? No. no. Okay? So same thing. Why not just stick with what is true? And like we said the other day, or it could have been yesterday, as the world gets worse and worse before Jesus is coming, for you to keep up with it, you have to put in more and more time training in the martial arts, okay, which you will not be able to do because as it gets uh greater and greater, you need to delve more and more into the spiritual realm, okay now, the point here is yes, you need to delve in the spiritual realm, but don't delve into it in the In the falsehood. Delve into it. Into God's word. Into the real uh, truth. Into the real spiritual realm. Let me just grab my sword out of here. Okay. Let's look at now. Finding a good fight for our last days. I'm going to share a few things here. Here. Isaiah says something here. Now, this is when Assyria was taken over the land. This is 700 700 years after the deliverance from Egypt. Okay? Now, here's what's interesting. Here's what it says. Woe to them that go down to where? Egypt. Egypt for help. And they stay, that's the King James, but the word there is they rely on what? Horses. And they trust in chariots. Why? It says, because they are many. And in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Now understand that the the, uh, horses and the chariots and the horsemen from Egypt, 700 years ago, they had... Horses, chariots, and horsemen going after Israel as the Israelites were by the Red Sea. You remember the story? Opens up. Lord opens up the sea. Israelites walk through. The Egyptians with their horses and their chariots and their horsemen go after them. And as they do, the Israelites get on the other side, and then the waters come crashing down on these Egyptians. 700 years later now, what are the Israelites doing? What are they trying to trust in? Okay, Back then, when they were delivered from Egypt, who delivered them? God. Not the horses, not the chariots, not the horsemen, But here now, 700 years later, they are relying on those things that were conquered by God. My point is, why not just trust in God? Seek God for your help. Why go to Egypt for those things? It's the same thing today. People want to go to the Egyptians or, let's say, Babylon or to uh, the the eastern art or whatever it is to rely on those things why well we've seen guys break bricks they are so strong we've seen guys punch uh, so many you know so many punches in one second they are so fast we need to learn to do that my dear friends we're no different than the israelites when we do that we need to seek the lord Here's the greatest defense in the whole universe. Psalm 3, verse 6 to 7. He says here, I will not be afraid of how many? Ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Now, isn't that bold? Isn't that bold? How many of you here today would say, it's all right, I'll take on two opponents. Anybody willing to do that? Okay, we got one taker. Okay, and then we just keep going up. How about ten thousand? <laughs> His hand goes down. And says not me. And yet the psalmist, the psalmist, wrote this in confidence. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me roundabout. Arise, O Lord, save me, O God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. That's the kind of faith he had in God. Okay? Remember David, when he went out to fight Goliath? It wasn't because he says, Oh, I'm a good slinger. No, no, no. What was it? What did he say? Yeah, it was because of the Lord. He knew the Lord was on his side. This is this is here exemplary of how we should be. Why are you afraid of one person? Two people. You worried about a gang attacking you? We're talking ten thousands roundabout. Call on the name of the Lord. Here's what's interesting. People are afraid of people. Meanwhile, our awe, our our reverence, reverence, our, our the majesty all belongs to the Lord. Now, you're familiar with this, right? Revelation 14, verse 7. The first part of what message? The three angels' message. Okay. This is, you know, the three angels' messages. The angel, I mean, angel can be interpreted messenger, right? And we believe those messengers are God's remnant people. Okay? We are called for a special purpose in these last days. And it starts off, the first message starts off, it says, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to Him. What's the first thing it says? Do what? Fear God, fear God. okay? And we know that means to give awe and reverence to the point where you're just, you're just so, uh, you know, you just see God is high and lifted up. Now, for us to proclaim that message, what needs to happen? Is it a verbal saying that we give people? Fear God. Okay? What if you yourself have not internalized that message? What kind of effect will that have on others? Hmm? It won't have that much effect. So for us to proclaim the three angels' messages, we ourselves first must internalize it. Okay? We must internalize the fact that we ourselves already fear God. We give glory to God. And hopefully, that is what we are doing. That way we can proclaim that message. We here wants to proclaim that message to the world? Anybody? Okay. Praise God. Hopefully, if you claim to be a Seventh-day Adventist, then that is a message you are giving. But before we can give it, we need to what? Internalize it. Here's what it says about those, and this is a message for the last days. Because in the last days, what's going to happen? Things are going to get worse and worse and worse. It says, fear God. Now, here's what the psalmist says in Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that what? The fear him. Who's the him? God. And what does he do? Delivereth them. Do you believe in God's word? Some of you may say, "Well, you know, somebody else, somebody could still uh, get killed." Oh well, yeah. Let me put it this way. When you pray for for someone to be healed, okay? Any, let me put it this way. Has anyone ever asked? Uh, or, or ask the petition for someone to be healed. Anyone ever pray those prayers? Okay. Let me ask you this question. Did God answer that prayer? It's always, in this case, yes. Let me explain. Some of you say, well, no. My, you know, they, they, still, they still had that cancer and they died. The answer is yes. Why? Because in the end, what does God promise? All things new, complete healing. For those that are faithful, of course, you know, we're not talking about the wicked. Complete healing. No more pain, no more death, no more sorrow. Okay, complete healing. What we're expecting, he's going to give healing, but what we're expecting is that he's going to give healing now. Do you see the difference? If you're asking for healing, well, he answered it. And he is answering it. Okay, he'll give that, that healing in the end. So now, do you believe God's word? Yes or no? Okay. Have you internalized God's word? And that's what we talked about in another previous session, about meditating upon God's word, what he says, and internalizing it. The armor of God, having the whole armor of God, and you, you're familiar with this, uh, this here, Ephesians 6, verse 11. says, put on how much? The whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of whom? The devil. Okay? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we find there that we're not warring against flesh and blood. I used to spend hours and hours and hours of my life training to wrestle against flesh and blood. Till the Lord called me out and I realized it is a spiritual warfare we need to worry about. It continues in verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with what? Truth. So we want truth. We don't want truth mixed with error and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And whose righteousness is that? Christ's righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Right. And by the way, somebody may say, "Well, didn't Jesus say that He did not come to bring peace, but a sword?" Well, understand, it's not because God is is uh, trying to create discord. It is because people are warring against His Word, which is the sword. And so it goes on. Verse sixteen. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Anything that is not of faith, is what? Sin. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And the wicked is going to be after you, dear friends. After each one of us. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? The Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And here's what Paul writes to the Hebrews. Okay, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged, what? Sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I remember when I was in martial arts, one of the weapons I trained was the broadsword, okay, which is this. Now, let me ask you, doesn't have to be a broadsword. Anyone ever trained with a sword before? Anyone ever use a sword? Just one person? No one here has ever given a Bible study or quoted scripture to anybody? Come on now. Come on now. Let me, let me try that again. Anybody ever used a sword before? All right. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I like to, I like to test you guys here. Okay, so, but that's the sword I used to train. It's a, it's a broad sword. And the way I would train is real simple, real simple. If I was to train a slashing uh, uh, motion, which be like a, di- a diagonal, 45 degree, I would practice that over and over and over that I get that muscle memory and that it becomes a part of me, and I internalize it over and over to the point that I do it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, so when I actually use it, it's just there. Boom. Now, let me ask you this question. If I'm going to spend that much time and training and internalize something as simple as one movement, or maybe, you know, and then another movement, or whatever it is, how much more so should I train to understand and internalize this book, God's sword? Do you see what I'm saying? So so there's those that are, are putting in so much time in training in things, like a sword, and they're dedicating their whole life into training that. How much more should a Christian, realizing that we are in a spiritual warfare, how much more should we not use the sword of the Spirit that is given to us? That we may, because this is part of the armor of God. The other parts are defensive. This is the offensive. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Okay. What did he do when when the devil said, you know, uh, turn this stone into bread? What did he do? He quoted scripture. He said, it is written. What was his defense against the enemy? Scripture. And then the the next temptation comes along. What does Jesus say? It is written. Okay. The third one comes along. What does he say? It is written. So my dear friends, he quoted it and understand. For example... Okay, I'm just going to show you the basic uh, comparison here is if somebody has a sword and they're coming down towards my head, I am not going to put my sword, I'm not going to do this motion. You see what I'm saying? This person's got their sword coming to my head. I'm not going to do that motion I've been practicing. I'm going to do a different motion where I block it up here. Does that make sense? So the movement has to match that. That's what Jesus did. When the devil said, take this stone and turn it into bread, Jesus did not say, thou shalt not commit adultery. (laughs) Right? Would that make sense? Would that have been the appropriate use of the sword of the Spirit? No. So we need to understand and learn this sword so well that when the devil comes to us through temptations, and he will use people around us. He's not coming in front of you himself, he may use others, people at work, your boss comes along and for, for five years the boss lets you have Sabbath off and all of a sudden the boss says, you know what, I just need you, I need your help this one time, okay, guess what just happened now? That strike has now come and so now what happens? We need to use the sword, I remember being back in Toronto, I grew up in Toronto um, after I left uh, the martial arts, you know, I had to find a job and so forth. But anyway, I got into, I got a position in this um, company. And uh, I started off with data entry, but then they trained me, trained me um, to do programming. Okay, which is fine. I, I picked up quite quickly. But it was interesting that what happened was, is every, uh, every week, because the busiest time we would have would be the weekends because people that we were uh, doing programs for wanted their programs on Monday so they could use it for, the, for that week. So Friday afternoon, my supervisor would come along and say, "You know we need to finish a couple of more jobs. We need you to stay late today. This is a Friday. I said, "No, I'm sorry, okay? I don't work on the Lord's day sabbath and then they would try and get me to come in on saturday okay i said i'll come in sunday if you want but i'm not coming in tomorrow that is saturday said but we we may be finished by sunday i'm sorry but i i will not come in it went like that week by week by week okay but i stood on the ground of god's word I did not tell them, well, you know, the Bible says, uh, you know, thou shalt not covet. So I can't come in. Do you see what I'm saying? We need to understand God's word so well that we know how to match the temptation that comes our way. Okay? So when Jesus, when Jesus quoted, it matched the temptation. So when the devil said, turn this stone into bread, what did he say? Man shall not live. By bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Okay, it matched. And by the way, learning scripture is not just about John 3.16. What do I mean by that? Okay, I mean is, what I mean is we need to learn beyond just that one verse. Okay, little children in kindergarten learn that verse. We, as we grow, should learn more scripture and internalize it more. Are you with me? God has many promises that we need to meditate upon, that we need to think about and internalize Okay, for such situations. Because what happens now is we go, somebody may say, okay, well, you know, yeah, I know more than John 3.16. They'll, they'll say, well, I know Romans 5.12 as well. And I also know uh, Galatians 3, 4, and so forth. But nobody wants to learn Deuteronomy, for example. Okay? Let me ask you this question. When Jesus met those temptations, guess where he was quoting from? All three were from Deuteronomy. Don't just learn your favorite scripture. Learn other ones that are more difficult and so forth. Are you with me? That is getting proficient with the sword. Okay. Let me share something here. Desire of Ages, page 258. The means by which we can overcome the wicked one is that by which Christ overcame. The power of the word. My dear friends, we're now talking beyond flesh and blood. We're talking the real warfare here. Warfare, where it's not just about you losing your life here, but your eternal life. It's through the power of the Word. God does not control our minds without our consent. But if we desire to know and to do His will, His promises are, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Who wants to be free? Praise God. I used to be in bondage, but He made me free through His Word and through Christ Jesus. It continues, If any man willeth to do his will, he shall know of the teaching. John 8, 32, and also 7, verse 17. And that's the revised version that she used there. It says, Through faith in these promises, every man may be delivered from the snares of error and the control of sin. Don't miss the point. It's not just um, having victory over sin, but over what else? Error, over error, okay? People may say, well, you know, I don't sin, but guess what? You may be entrapped in error, okay? So it's being delivered from the snares of error and the control of sin. Now, God's Word has power. Do you believe that? It says there in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what did God say? Let there be light, and there was light. A professor I had, he said, you know, all of Genesis chapter 1 about creation could have been summarized in one phrase. Didn't need all those verses in chapter 1. Here's what my professor said. It could have been summarized, and I agree. It could have been summarized like this. God said, let there be and there was. That simple. God said, let there be, and there was. Just like in Psalm 33, 9, where it says, therefore, he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Okay? So when God says something, guess what? It is. Okay? He said, let there be, and then there was. Now, here's what's interesting in Titus Verse 1, verse 2. Or chap- yeah, chapter 1 and verse 2. Talks about in the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot, what? Lie promised before the world began. Again, His promise is about eternal life. Isn't it one the promises God has? For any, any uh, difficulties we have in life, He has a promise. Do you believe that? He does. Somebody passes away, He has a promise for that. There's a blessed hope. Okay? If we're not sure if we can be accepted by Him because of our sins, well, He's got promises for that. I'll never, you know, He never by any means cast anybody out, anyone that comes to Him. So here it says that God cannot lie. Now, do you have any English teachers in here? Okay. Okay, we have one. Used to be. Okay, that's fine. Used to be is better than the rest of us. We weren't, okay? And I try and teach this this to my children. Is there a difference when somebody, when a child goes, Can I have orange juice versus May I have orange juice? Is there a difference? What is the difference? Permission and ability. Yes, okay. Which one is permission? May I? They're asking permission if they are allowed to. If they say, can I, what are they actually asking? Am I able to? to? Okay. And then the other one is, you know, whether, well, let's just go right into this. Okay. Here it says, God, that what? May not lie? If it said may not lie, what does that mean? Yeah, he might, may not, but he just doesn't have permission. Right? Or I've heard somebody say, well, he can lie, but he will not lie. Is that what the Bible says? It says that he what cannot lie. Okay? It says that he cannot. Or what does that mean that he cannot lie? It's impossible. It's impossible. He does not have the ability to lie. Now think about that for a moment. Think about it. That's deep because some. We actually think, well, he can, he just chooses not to. Gary, come on up for a moment. Y'all know Gary? You don't? Class, this is Gary. Gary, this is class. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> right? Y'all know Gary now. <laughs> At least his name, you know. Gary, what color is your shirt? Yellow. Yellow. Okay. Um, Chuck, what color is your shirt? Yellow. Okay. And... um, let me see. Who else? Um, who else can we see here? Um, Julie. Because, you know, some women say guys are colorblind, so we'll have a lady. What color is his shirt? Okay, she says brightly yellow. See how women ex- are more expressive, but it's yellow. I'm not going to say what it is because my wife says I'm colorblind, so I'm going to stay out of it. Who here says it's yellow? Let me see your hands. Okay, it's Unanimous, Unanimous. thank you. So his shirt is yellow, he says it's yellow, he says it's yellow, she says it's yellow, y'all say it's yellow, okay? God now comes along and God says, Gary, your shirt is green. What just happened? shirt changed. Green. That color has a different label. Yes. Has a different? Label. Label. Yeah, and just, so guess what now? When God says something, what happens? It happens. If God says, Gary, your shirt is red, guess what? His shirt is red. Okay, thank you. Have a seat. Now, if I come along and say, his shirt is red, what's going to happen? My wife's going to come in and say, I told you you're colorblind. <laughs> Right? So if God says it, guess what? It is. it is. If God speaks it, it is. Okay? That's why Romans 3 verse 4, if you ever read that, it says, let God be true, but every man a liar. Because as soon as we all, we all would say, well, that's yellow. God comes along and says it's green. Guess what? God is true, and we're all liars. That's why he says God cannot lie. This is his word. He has promises. He's not a man that he should lie. Don't ever go to God's word and say, you know, I'm not sure if if he really means that. He means it. If he says it, he means it. Okay? If he says it, he means it. Okay? I'm going to share something here. It's not in my notes, but it's what happens when I start thinking about other things. Isaiah, let's go to Isaiah if you have your Bibles. Isaiah, and I'm going to go to uh, chapter 9, Isaiah 9. Chapter 9 and verse 6. says here for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace here's what's interesting it says unto us a child is born and yet it is prophetic it's in the future and yet He speaks it as if it's historic, as if if it is done. Are you with me? It is what's called historic prophetic. That's how God speaks. If He says something and it's prophetic, it's as if it is now history, which is different, of course, from conditional prophecy where people have a choice. But when it's, in this case, a prophecy that will come true, It is known as historic, prophetic, because once God says it, it is true. Okay? God's Word is power, dear friends. You want deliverance? God's Word. The Holy Spirit is the one that directed the holy men to write that. There's power in God's Word. Do you believe that? I had one person. I gave him one verse before. And he had, he had an addiction. He couldn't conquer again. One verse. One verse. One simple verse. And you probably know it anyways. Anyway, he carried that through. He still carries it in his life. That's the one he, number one verse he remembers. But he overcame by that verse. Okay? It's real simple. You guys know it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I mean, it's that simple. But it's power. You see. We don't need to worry about flesh and blood. We don't need to worry about those things. The real thing we need to worry about is eternal life. Okay? I read this to you before. God's people sealed in the end times. The 144,000 were all sealed and perfectly united. On their foreheads was written God, New Jerusalem, and a glorious star containing Jesus' new name. At our happy holy estate, the wicked were enraged and would rush, how? Violently up to lay hands on us to thrust us into prison when we would stretch forth the hand in the name of the Lord. Not because we trained in, in uh, Qigong and in Wushu and in Tai Chi and everything else. Much of which you can't probably pronounce anyway. <laughs> They do it in the name of the Lord, and the wicked will fall helpless to the ground. Spiritual Gifts, Volume 2, page 32. So the wicked come violently upon God's people in the last day, those that are sealed. And what do God's people do? They stretch forth their hand, and the wicked all of a sudden just fall to the ground. No martial arts training. It's all about God. God. He's doing it. He sends His angels. Okay? Nothing to fear. It's about the real mastery, my dear friends, is against self. Okay? And it's not about self-mastery. It's about mastery through God. Are you with me? Only He can give us victories. 1 Peter 4, 1-2 to says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves likewise with the same, what? Mind. Was Christ's mind empty and void? No. He was always in communion with the Father. Okay? For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of man, but to the will of God. My dear friends, that's what Jesus says, not my will, but thy will be done. He understood God's will. How did he understand? He knew the scriptures. When you do Eastern arts and uh, the martial arts, and when you do meditation, you're not learning the will of God. You're emptying your mind of everything. You're emptying the mind. So when, when the will of God comes to your mind, guess what you're doing? No, 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 I don't want that there. I want it to be empty. Battles, okay, here, this is uh, from Ellen White. Battles are to be fought every day. A great warfare is going on over every soul between the prince of darkness and the prince of life. Guess who they're warring for? For you and me. We're the prize, okay? As God's agents, you are to do what? Yield yourselves to Him. That's how self-mastery, or in this case, mastery over self, which is different. Mastery over self is through yielding to God. That He may plan and direct the, and fight the battle for you with your cooperation. Who's fighting the battle for you? Yeah, God is. Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. Okay. And he will do the fighting. Remember Jehoshaphat? Okay. They, you know, they prayed to the Lord. Because there were different armies that came together to fight them. And they prayed to the Lord. And on the way to the battle the next day, they've been just praising the Lord. And what happened? They found that the army was already slain. There was confusion in the camp and they slayed each other. Okay. Because the Lord fought, fought their battle takes faith. The prince of life is at the head of his work. He is to be with you in your daily battle with self. Where's the battle? Is it out there against somebody else? Okay, It's against self. That you may be true to principle that passion, when warring for the mastery, may be subdued by the grace of Christ, that you come off more than conquerors through him that has loved us, Jesus has been over the ground. He knows the power of every temptation. He knows just how to meet every emergency and how to guide you through every path of danger. And here's the question, then why not trust him? Conflict and courage, page 117. My dear friends, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting a spiritual war and that war is number one jesus is the one that's going up against the devil what we do is we need to yield to god that's how we gain mastery over self okay we don't gain mastery by the meditation and then that master in you comes out no it's when we yield to god yield to His will. Now, how do you yield to His will if you don't know His will? If all you're doing is emptying the mind and doing chants and, and, you know, mantras, we're going, oh, Okay? Or maybe even in just being in the silence. No, it's about knowing the will of God and yielding to Him. As Jesus said, not my will, but Thy will be done. Let me share one more thing and then We'll draw to a close, and then we'll take a few questions here. You all know Martin Luther, the reformer, okay? He was a theologian, as you know. He was a preacher, and, but he was also a hymn writer, okay? There's a famous hymn that he wrote. Anybody know it? Okay, that's the most famous one. Our mighty Fortress is our God. I'm going to share with you. Now, in our hymnal, there's four stanzas, okay? Now, when you look at the original hymn, there's 12 stanzas. Yeah, yeah. Church goers have, growers have a hard time nowadays with four stanzas. Okay? Never, you know, never mind 12. Imagine singing 12 stanzas glorifying God. Well, that's what they did during the Reformation. Okay? But anyway... Here, this is the, the, uh, the latter part of the fourth stanza. I'm going to share with you what he said. This is going to happen again, that's why. When uh, tribulation comes, when uh, things will come our way, here's what he said in his hymn. Let goods and kindreds go. This mortal life also. The body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. My dear friends, we have nothing to fear. There's nothing here that we cannot let go of that the Lord will give us something better in the end. Let us not delve into these Eastern arts that are merely a a counterfeit to God's truth, which will lead us away from God's kingdom and into a different kingdom. Because if you're going to train in those arts, number one, you're going to have the wrong mindset. Number two, you're going to spend a lot of hours training, using up God's time. It's not our time, it's God's time, and so on and so forth. I'm glad that God is my salvation. He is my general. He is the one that will fight for me. Are you glad for that, that he will fight for you? Amen. And Let me see your hands if you're glad. Praise God. Questions? You're quiet today. Yes? it just to me with telling me that they had a, a short sword in their booth? Okay. And I said, I have a concealed weapon too. Okay, yeah, yeah. And boy, he was about 28 years old and I had gray hair and his <laughs> eyes bugged out and okay. backed away. Wow. <laughs> he Lord, gets... Have I hidden my heart? It exactly. Right it's there. a sword, God's sword. Yeah, so he had a little sword in his boot. You had God's word in your heart. He backed away. He knew there was a force greater than himself. Amen. Praise God. Just don't say that in the airport. <laughs>
1: yeah'm I'm serious, I'm serious.
0: <laughs> a pastor did that one time you guys didn't hear that huh? he said he's, he's got a weapon he you know he was talking about the Bible he, he, he was you know so they, they arrested him interrogated him and so forth so I say that seriously I'm not gonna do it with a smile because yeah yeah don't do that in the airport <laughs> All right, anybody else? Any other questions? I hope that means that every question was answered throughout the week. Okay, all right. You know, I imagine too there's a pretty hefty cost to be paid in learning all these techniques and powers and abilities and things like that. Um, I think you mentioned like some of these masters and other people that you encountered, you only got maybe to a certain level, but there were. Probably uh, people that had gone on even farther uh-huh. than you in the, um, and, I, and I guess, you know, at the, at the, you know, at the lowest levels, I mean, there's probably almost no sense of this spiritual stuff going on, but by the time you get to these higher levels, you realize that they're, you know, you just, you just become more aware of it. They're there, but you're just not aware of it until higher in the levels. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the training, yeah, you get into the spiritual levels higher and higher, and then you become more aware of it, so you fine-tune it even more, basically. So, yeah. Yes? <clears throat> I know you said uh, when you were starting out that they were recording this. And mm-hmm. you can't yeah? Have you done this in the sermons, or are there any videos of this at all? This is a far, uh, five-part series, and I'll tell you, I was blessed being able to share it here at Camp Meeting because I was able to uh, re-articulate it a little bit better. And that happens each time. You know, when you, when you share the same thing, it becomes more thing. If you go on, um, on the website, there, there's a, a couple of places. I'll give you the one where you'll uh, have other things there as well. Eric Wilson, if you go on YouTube, Eric Wilson... E-R-I-C, then Wilson, okay? Uh, He's got a YouTube channel, and he's got a whole bunch of things there on the martial arts, okay? You will find my series in there, okay? Um, It originally was recorded from Kalamazoo, okay? I did a four-part series there. Um, And so they have it on their website as well, on their channel, Kalamazoo. um, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And, but Eric Wilson, he, he pulled it from there, and he's got it on his site, and he's got more videos. Okay, so That's why I mentioned him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's there. Or the, another way you can do it is just put my name and put Exit the Dragon. Okay, And here's what's interesting. Colleagues of mine from 20-plus years ago Um, They had recently uploaded some of the videos I did when I was doing demonstrations in malls. And I was thinking of calling them up and asking them to take it down. But then I talked to some some individuals, you know, see what they thought and so forth. And and, um, it was fairly consistent that, no, leave it there so people can see where you were and where you are now. Because when you put my name and you put Exit the Dragon, you'll see those, uh, the demonstrations that are there. But then it also pulls up my seminars from Kalamazoo that were recorded. So anyone looking at that, they'll also have the option of seeing me um, whatever, 20 whatever years later. So it's there, and you'll see a difference. Because when you look at me back then in those videos, you. you it's a whole different person. It's a whole different person. It's somebody, you know, when I watch, they go, man, I don't want to mess with that guy. <laughs> he doesn't look too nice. So, but yeah. The grace of God. Yeah, only by the grace of God. Amen. Only by the grace of God. Any other questions? Yes. Um, what was it that drew you to martial arts and if I were to come across someone who was into martial arts, would you suggest, like, going into these details about the spiritualism or just keep it basic with, like, a regular Bible study? Okay. So two questions. Number one is what drew me to the martial arts. Let me take that one first. When I was young, I got into watching um, the Bruce Lee movies. And then staying up late and, uh, and watching those, uh, uh, those kung fu movies that would, they, they would have on late at night. You have to be a dedicated one to stay up that late. But I would be up late and they'd be have back-to-back-to-back movies. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen them all. Anyway, and then so I was attracted to that. And then one time when I was young, I was walking down the street and I saw um, a guy who was in his yard. And there was a little fence there. But I could see him using a pole, okay, that he was training with, and it had like a milk carton, and he was doing flips and fancy stuff, and I was so intrigued. See, that's the thing with the martial arts; it's very intriguing. It captivates, you know, and so you want to you want to be able to do that, and so that's what got me into it. And I I I went through the yellow pages there, and then I, I got my parents to uh, sign me up. I chose which one uh, I wanted, and happened to be. Um, one that was teaching uh, different animal styles and so forth. And so that's how I got into it. Second question was, should you, when somebody is in the martial arts, should you uh, get into all these uh, explanations, the deeper explanations, or keep it to a basic Bible study? What I would say is, if you're just beginning to study with them, if they haven't given their life to the Lord, go through a Bible study. Go through a Bible study. You got to understand, no one's going to leave the martial arts for a Lord that they don't know. You see what I'm saying? Okay? They have to love the Lord and to follow Him. I'll give you an example. There was this man. His name was Bob. And when he was 12 years old, he was convicted about the Sabbath. 12 years old. He was reading the Bible. He asked his parents, Dad, Mom, uh, it says, you know, about uh, keeping the Sabbath day holy. Shouldn't we be doing that? His parents tell him, "Oh no, John or uh, Bob, we don't need to do that anymore." He wasn't satisfied. He asked his Sunday school teacher, "Same thing. That's you know that's done away with. We're New Testament, etc." Wasn't satisfied with that answer. Asked the pastor. Okay, asked the pastor. Same thing. Pastor says, "We don't need to keep the Sabbath." I met up with Bob for. 80 years, he was under conviction, but he, did, he had no one to turn. He, he didn't have the answer. Okay? I met up with him, we start studying, and then he starts seeing it about the Sabbath. And then, all of a sudden, he realized God was answering his prayer from when he was 12 years old. Okay? But understand, Bob loved the Lord. He had a relationship with God. Okay? Now... I say that because I was doing a, a meeting, evangelistic meeting, and that one night I was doing the health message. And part of the health message I was sharing, sharing about the clean and unclean food, right? So after the meeting, I was, you know, visiting with some folks. So people left, and then his wife comes up to me. I was still in the sanctuary. comes up to me and says, Pastor, Bob wants to talk to you. Bob is out in, in the hallway. He's sitting on the bench. I go there to Bob. Okay, Bob, I sit down with him, Bob, what's up? He goes, Pastor, that's how he's talking. Pastor, your message tonight, so I can't eat pig. You're saying I can't eat pig, is that right? I go, no, Bob, I'm not saying that. God's saying that. Okay, yeah, it says that. But, you know, now he lived in a assisted living, you know. So he says, uh, you know, they make my breakfast every day. And they always have bacon. So he says, I love bacon. <laughs> so then he I go, but Bob, what does the Bible say? It says I shouldn't eat it, but what if I have one, only one bacon in the morning? And I go, Bob, is that what the Bible is saying? Goes, and then here's what he tells me. Master, I love my bacon. So I looked them dead in the eyes, serious as I can be, somber. I said, Bob, you love bacon, but I know you love the Lord more. You know what he said? He looked at me, he paused, and he goes, All right then, no more bacon. (laughs) 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 Just like that. Why? Because he loved the Lord. Start with the Bible study. They need to fall in love with the Lord. That's how I left, because I fell in love with the Lord. Okay? It's not because it was, you know, it was wrong. It's because I love the Lord, and He showed me it was wrong. So start with the Bible study. If the person already loves the Lord, then you can, then you know, your strides ahead already. Then you can start sharing some principles. Okay? Does that make sense? All right, any more? Time for maybe one more. If not, we will conclude with prayer. Yes? Uh, you said about testimony, uh, send it into your site? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, uh, I have some, I don't want
1: to take your time now. But, uh,
0: okay, very good, very good, yeah. I would love that, I would love that. And uh, I'll put it, uh, you know, when I get my website up, I'll probably put them on there as well, and so forth. But uh, some of it, you may end up on my presentations, and so send a picture of who, you know, if it's you, and I may have you up there, we'll see. Okay, let's close out with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that truly you are the light, and in you there is no darkness. Lord, we do not wish to be in darkness. We do not wish to sin, Lord. We thank you for deliverance from sin, but we also do not want to be in error. We thank you for your word, the corrector of all errors. So Lord, continually guide us and lead us into your marvelous light as you have drawn us out of darkness. I thank you for your love, and it's because of your love that we wish to follow you and to do your will. Bless each one here, Lord. May they be uh, your evangelists, the ones that will share uh, about the things that they have learned. So I pray that your spirit will fall upon them and guide them, that they will have power to witness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse,